This is Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. I am here today with Gareth Reynolds. Gareth, say hey. Hey. He's the co-host of The Dollop and a stand-up comedian. And I think you said it like I'm a female. Mm, well, I think you said are you comedian. insulted by that? No, I just, um, I've got to change some of my POVs. Wow. Um, weren't you the best stand voted best stand-up in L.A. or something? Yeah, something like that. Is that on like your business best- card? Best, it is, yeah, <laughs> on the business cards for sure that I have. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, it's on my business cards. Yeah, I think it was best comedian in Los Angeles, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. to that effect. Wow. And then when you think about it, it's really New York or L.A. or Chicago. Uh-huh. So it's like in L.A., that's a pretty good win. Sure. Hasn't, uh, haven't felt the big bump from it. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, no, you got no. it on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, so... I did book this one. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, so... Uh, the Dollop is something I've listened to for, for a few years now. And actually, one of the reasons I want to have you on, besides the fact that Dave genuinely scares the shit out of me, like, mm-hmm. I feel like he would yell at me if he met me. I'm sure. not sure why. No, no, no. But that's he'd... the right okay. thing to assume. <laughs> Am yeah. I reading that correctly? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so The Dollop is an American history podcast. Why, why don't you talk about it? Uh, the Dollop is an American history podcast. I got that one. Okay. Yeah, you got that part down. And it is uh, comedic in nature. And uh, basically, uh, Dave, this uh, lunatic who knows a lot of stuff, will <laughs> prepare a story from American history that has some relevance or is just bananas. Uh, and he reads it to me, and I don't have any idea what he's prepared. Mm-hmm. And then we just go into it, and he basically teaches me a story. And uh, I'll do an accent or two, and uh-huh. bim, bam, boom. And that's a podcast. Hey, it's a dollop. And <laughs> hey, what are you going to do about it? Hey. Why are you guys always in Australia? <laughs> They'll have us. <laughs> you know? I feel like, yeah. like once a year you get to go to Australia. Yeah, well, that's that's you're right, because once a year I do get to go to Australia. That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't get to see a lot of stuff because uh-huh. it's very sure. much just oriented towards getting, you know, doing shows. Um, but I've been all over there and it's, <laughs> I've seen a lot of venues, seen a lot of venues, a lot seen of a lot of airports, a lot of rooms <laughs> and, uh, and I like them, but, uh, but yeah, no, the last time we were there, we went to, we had three days in this place called Byron Bay, mm-hmm. which is like right on the beach yeah. and gorgeous. And, uh, we had one show to do and the show was terrible. <laughs> and, uh, but the three days on the beach were just unreal. <laughs> we were so happy. It was the best. We Did became like fully aquatic. I don't think he, uh, Dave, I think, has decided he's not going he's to release that, that one. one. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you should because it's just sort of like, at one point, a guy in the, I mean, I, I, I don't even know how many people are there. For us, not a lot. And, and a guy up front in the front row, like a, like a movie, is trying to quietly open a cookie, like a wrapped <laughs> cookie, like a, like a loud cellophane wrapped cookie or whatever. <laughs> And plastic, and so he's, and he's he's trying to do it slowly, which is worse. Sure. So it's going on for like a minute until I'm finally like, sir, <laughs> open your goddamn cookie. Well, I'll stop yeah. while you open your cookie. You know things are good <laughs> when this is occurring. Do you think he stole that? Like he snuck that cookie into the venue? Or do they sell wrapped, like cellophane wrapped cookies in a he venue? Actually, if I memory serves, he ended up giving me some of that cookie. And? It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like the best cookie. I was like, what is this? 
It was some charitable cookie. It was some like not 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 like made by orphans in like a gruel den. Sure, sure. But it was like so it was money went to charity. But I got it for free. But you know we we mended so you fences. Didn't, none of your money went to charity. No, 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 no. Absolutely. I took. Yes, I took. I was a net winner. <laughs> um, but you guys have been doing the show since what twenty fifteen ish. Uh, yeah, something like yeah, something like that. Um, and I started listening about twenty. I was moving when I started listening, so I was like unpacking boxes, like rearranging my closet, yeah, and listening to like phase. super fun, and yeah. like listening to people talking about fucking dolphins or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and one of my favorite things that sort of happened over the span of of the show with you guys was you started very much as like I don't know shit about shit, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna tell me things and. With the political climate changing, it's gotten so much more poignant. And, you, like, to see you become so much more invested after learning history is a really kind of cool thing to to have witnessed. Yeah, there, I mean, well, you know, if, if for me, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like... Um, like when you look at your own face, you don't see it age uh-huh. <laughs> because it's like you look at it all the time. So, like, for me, like, I people have, have noted that and I'm like... You know, I don't really, I don't know because it has been gradual for me. Right. It's been an actual natural occurrence, but um, but yeah, I think very. I mean, well, even when you think about, I mean, it's kind of, you know, that we've been lucky in some of the ways that things have timed out, like, or just kind of locked in together. Like the way that I know nothing, mm-hmm. and the way that Dave knows everything was <laughs> just a happy accident. Yeah, and like I think in a way, you know, the way that. I've sort of learned about our history and sort of learned about our current uh, day problems mm-hmm. um, has kind of matched up with the deterioration of our kind of government and political system. And um, not that it was not that it's been great ever, but uh, right. but it that you know that kind of paired well, I guess. <laughs> you know, the ruining of our uh, civilization has sort of like timed out nicely for the show. What? Do you think is does it make you feel better or worse that history just keeps repeating itself and seems to do so forever? Because I remember listening to the Know Nothing Party, which was I, I think an eighteenth century. Yeah, I mean it was the Repu- the modern day Republican Party two hundred years ago or <laughs> whatever, and it was like oh shit, it's the same thing. It's not even like rebranded. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, I I would feel well. I mean you, d- I think you do take comfort in the idea that, um, you know, that we, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, there's two sides of the coin. I mean, you've got our resilience for being dumb (laughs) is profound. Uh Um, but it also shows that we're always capable of comebacks. I would feel better if we didn't have the biggest problem in the world right now being fairly ignored by, uh, the media and the government. Um, so I think in any other time it's like, yeah, whatever you want to go through your little white supremacist phase again, (laughs) let's have a, let's have a laugh. (laughs) Um, but I think with the climate change issue Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, that is a thing we can, you know, we can only learn that lesson. We get the opportunity to learn it one time and it's not sticking. So it really isn't. Um, I, (laughs) There was an episode y'all did recently. I can't remember their name, but about the Fiji water people monsters. Mm-hmm, the Resnicks. The yeah. Resnicks. Wow, there are the pits. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to a buddy of mine who has listened to the doubt for a few years, and he was like, literally, I was listening to that episode in the shower, and I think I became a socialist in the shower. Yeah. 
And it was, it, it's just wild that as soon as you kind of look close enough at what's happening, you see the patterns and you're like, well, it didn't work last time. Yeah. Well, I also, I, I think that, you know, I mean, we have these, we have these, we keep discovering new ways to kind of get fucked by our system. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, but capitalism and the way that the money and the power is distributed through capitalism, like whoever is still fighting for that plan right. has just been polluted with nonsense because that you, you can argue that like socialism or whatever ism is not the answer, mm-hmm. but capitalism has not it's worked. Not working. Capitalism is not working. And right. you're seeing now the profound effect of what happens when you know, I mean, we've slowly, gradually been purely f- learned to purely focus on money and material. Uh-huh. And that's where we are now. We're at the peak of our capitalist. It's it's now, it's no longer like we want to be the richest nation, which felt like the 80s. It's now like we want to be independently the richest. Rich and fuck everyone. Like, yeah. Like, not just we don't care, but like literally fuck you like yeah well there's no i mean you know they're they're i mean if uh, you know in the in the way the system is set up today it's like uh those who have the money mm-hmm. will do anything to hold on to it mm-hmm. and, you know that's what you see now. Uh, one thing i think is We're brought to you by uh dentine uh-huh. uh dentine gum the only gum that is looking to overthrow the government <laughs> um i think it's interesting that in the early day, so I know you guys had uh, Karen Koga Arif and, and Georgia Hartstark on mm-hmm. in the early days. And I remember at some point, Dave's like, we're not doing any like serial killers. Serial killers aren't funny. Mm-hmm. You guys do a lot of things that are aggressively unfunny. Like, do you know where he finds the line between I can't make comedy out of this versus? Well, I know that he approaches it with me in mind. To some extent. Oh, interesting. So I know that he thinks about, he's empathetic towards what am I going to try to have fun with. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, we've definitely, we've, we've, there's one episode we did that was so dark that we just were like, after we finished recording it, this is a while ago. And he's just like, well, we can't release that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do, man. I'm like, that was brutal. Um, but uh, so for the most part, I think, you know, I mean, I guess it would be what interests him. But I think he will also say no to stuff if he thinks that I'm not going to enjoy it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, when, you know, the, the more the show's gone on, the more it's like a little more, you're a little more affected by like, well, should I make that joke? And you think about the way things are now. It's a little uh, more treacherous than it's been uh, before. So I think it's just an awareness of that. But as you can see by uh, My Favorite Murder, there is obviously there an, is an entertainment value to it. I mean, right. you turn on headline news, it's like, <laughs> you guys are... What headlines are these? These are forensic <laughs> files from the 80s. <laughs> I actually... So, um, you are known for your... Have you always been, like, a guy who does accents? Because your mom's British? Well... English. Yeah, my, mother, uh, my mother's English. English. My whole family is basically... British-ish. But you grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. My folks live in Lake Geneva right now because they're nice. they're old whites, and that's where old whites go. Absolutely. <laughs> old whites. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, the truth is that I grew up with a lot of people who just had different accents. And so it was very natural for me to do, like, an impression of my mother. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that she had an accent or doing one of my father. And then, you know, and that sort of just branched off into, 
yeah, when I thought I could kind of had like a little bit of a skill for it, I think it made me want to try to do other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I fully remember my brother and I making a choice to try to get good at Scottish accents <laughs> one summer. <laughs> summer. We were like, wow. we're going to talk all summer like we're Scottish people. And and we went to Canada at one point. <laughs> and we were in Canada. We were just drunk, you know. <laughs> and uh, we're walking around and, and we're being Scottish. And everybody thinks we're Scottish. And then we run into a Scottish person <laughs> who's like, where, where in Scotland are you from? And we're like, Kilmarnock. <laughs> and he goes, where's Kilmarnock in Scotland? And we're like, it's southern, northern tip, you know? And he's like, hey, he's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Let's get out of here, you know? We've been busted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about the Irish accent thing, because it's something that's come up on my show, too. And I, a close buddy of mine is from Ireland, and we've had many conversations about, like, the the perception in of Irish people in the U.S. versus in the U.K. and in Ireland. Sure. And it's a thing that genuinely blew my mind. Because I the, remember re- being young and watching some movie and somebody made a comment about, like, oh, that guy's Irish. And I'm mostly Irish. Like, most people I knew were Irish. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like saying you're Italian or Polish or whatever. It was just a different white. But it's such a different... In the UK, in Europe, it's such a different vibe there. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Well, I always, uh, it always seemed to me that when I was a kid growing up in Wisconsin, Polish people in America were who you just plucked out of the randomness of the world to be like, they're dumb. Yes, I'm married to a Polish Um, husband. He's aware of those things. Yeah, and so Polish, you know, and and in Wisconsin, there are a lot of Polish people Uh in the Midwest in general. And so, um, but it always felt akin to, that to mm-hmm. me, like that the Irish were sort of treated as, I mean, they were, I mean, they were, they are perceived uh, as the Polish <laughs> quote unquote stereotype of someone who's stupid mm-hmm. in the UK. So they've dealt with a lot of shit as far as lack of respect. Yeah. And in obviously in the US when they first emigrated in. Yes. Yeah, because I think I did a very, like, silly and dumb Irish accent and, like, apologized for it immediately. And a guy wrote in and, like, he absolutely was right. He was like, that's a really shitty thing to do. And I was like, that's that's my bad. Like, And it's just something that never would have occurred to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I... Again, I mean, I, I think, you know, we live... In, not, not only the world we live in today, I think in general, you, you really... If someone is upset or offended by something that you do, you mm-hmm. have to at least hear them out. Uh-huh. You know, I think the problem with today is there's a lot of uh, odd kind of outrage over things that are, you know, not outrageous mm-hmm. uh, as much or just don't maybe need that level of treatment. And uh, But I think you have to hear people out. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, there's a guy who, since I first started doing podcasts, this, this Irish dude uh, named Glenn, who has always been supportive of me. And, like, on Twitter, we'd always go back and forth. And, you know, he's one of these guys who always just messages me. He's just like, don't listen to the Irish. Like, he's just <laughs> like, keep fucking going, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> You know, and there's certainly a sect of people who are like that, and then there's people who are sensitive. And I, you know, I, I think, I think it's different because if you're white, it feels like there's that's territory that's okay. Uh huh. You know, because it's other whites. Yeah. And and because you don't think that. I mean, but this you could say the same with about any race joke or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like even if it is totally like not based in truth to you, and it's totally a joke, it still can offend people. And 
you know, because of history, you kind of you got to listen. Yeah, and it's not fun to make jokes at other people's expense. Or I don't think it's fun to make jokes no, at other people's no, expense it sucks. necessarily. It sucks. it sucks when someone calls you out and says that the that what you did for the sake of a joke uh-huh. hurt them. I mean, it definitely sucks. I, I think c- comedians listen to it in varying amounts, you right. know, and I think it's good because I think it's good for com- comedians to push back on on things and to test language and to test boundaries. I mm-hmm. think that is absolutely part of it and important. But I think it's also, there's a dialogue. And if, if you have upset someone, you know, you definitely at least owe it to someone to, to hear them out. Right. And, you know, what do you and think, have a rational conversation. What do you think when comedians say that, like, PC culture ruined comedy? Because I don't, to me, that just sounds like I'm too lazy to write new jokes within the new, like, that are updated and relevant. So I'm mad. I think part of the thing that comics struggle with, and I get it, is that if two comics to comics are are vicious, it is nothing is off limits, mm-hmm. and you just it's it's very um, it's good it's good to have your balls busted, it's good to have people make fun of you mm-hmm. and give you shit, and it's and it's good to give it back, and mm-hmm. it's all that. You know, and it and it makes you a more chill person. Mm-hmm. So comics view the world like that, mm-hmm. and society used to be okay with comics doing any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it is now, I think it's a mixed bag. I don't, I can't personally draw a line where I'm like, this is what's okay and this is what isn't. Uh-huh. I will say that for all the people who are outraged by what Louis C.K. said, which I understand being outraged, outraged by what right. he said, there's also people who should be outraged at the fact that comedians are not able to go and work on their material in front of an audience who mm-hmm. is there just to see them and record and have it recorded before they've really decided if they want people to hear it or not. Um, but I think that I think that Comedians, to your point, do need to understand that, you know, I mean, I I saw a comic a few years ago do something right after the Boston bombing Mm -hmm. that was like so offensive and not like funny. Uh Uh, And so, yeah, I think, you know, you need to have a level of respect for people in a different way today. Yeah, I've heard a couple different reactions to the Louis C.K. thing, and one of them was... Like, be mad that he was shitty to survivors or to non-binary people or whatever, but, like, it wasn't funny, and that sucks even worse. Yeah, like, and I think, well, and I think that part, that's what, as a comedian, you're like, sucks. Yeah. Is because it's like, yeah, well, he wasn't done. I mean, he really, you know, yeah. as a comedian, right. th- despite what his material was, he mm-hmm. wasn't ready for people to hear that shit. And, and I know when you go out there with a new joke, uh-huh. it's just, it's totally not ready for anyone. You're, you're trying, you're meticulously sneaking it in mm-hmm. to your act so that it has, like, space between good jokes mm-hmm. where you can slowly sneak it in and test it out. And if someone releases that, I get being pissed about that. I also get being disappointed in the subject matter that he was discussing. Yeah. Do you think there is a an inroad for a Louis C.K. type to come back, or do you think? I think there is. I mean, I I I think. Look, I. You know, when you really take the overview of what he did, it is really is so fucked up and vile mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to imagine him having mainstream success on the level that he did. Just mm-hmm. because, like, I think 
you know, for everybody, it just changes the way you look at him. I yeah. mean, when something like Kevin Spacey, I mean, not not that that's the same thing, but it still is like sexual predatory nature right. changes the way you view someone. Right. And uh, and so when you see him, it's I can't laugh at Louis C.K. as easily as I did. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll that'll hamper him. I still think he will. I still think he has an audience of loyal people mm-hmm. who want to see where his mind goes because he does have a really interesting comedic take mm-hmm. on the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think people will support him and he'll find a way to monetize it. He won't be at the Emmys accepting Emmys. <laughs> right. You know, again. Well, I, I think it's interesting because when he did that <coughs> set on, um, I don't know, uh, like six months, nine months after he the accusations yeah, came out and he, he went on. Yeah. And everyone was like, well, like, it, does he never get to work again? Does he? Is he have to live with this forever? But like, the problem is he didn't apologize or do anything to make anything right. He just hibernated for a little bit. It also hoped felt we forgot about it. Extremely premature. It felt to me like that. Like your mental clock for outrage. Uh, I think you just you know you've got to take more time than that. I yeah, mean, I think you just kind of got to go ride the pine for a little longer than that. Yeah, and I just wish he had done literally anything aside from yeah. disappear. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the truth is that it was known in entertainment mm-hmm. for so long. It's so weird because I feel like I, I remember his last Netflix special came out and I had heard enough just online and like through the rumor mill, I'd heard enough that I remember watching it and thinking... I bet this is going to be the last time I watch like a Louis C.K. special. Yeah. And I had the same feeling with, um, I watched Seven with a bunch of my friends and Kevin, Sp- you know, it's a Kevin Spacey movie. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, am I going to be able to watch this? Because I feel like some shit's about to go down with Spacey. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I'm always really, um, I'm really, tor- do you have an opinion on like, so Seven is one of my favorite movies. You Have you seen it? It's in the box. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh my God, you have. Yeah. That's such a, Niche cultural reference you made. <laughs> you should be really proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Kevin Spacey's a monster, and we're but get to the plot of the movie. <laughs> I see what you did there. Was... Hey, <laughs> hey guys, Dentine. It's the chewiest mint gum. They're never never gonna give me money. How do you make money on a podcast? You guys make money, right? We just say sponsors like Dentine. And then they just write you checks? I think. I don't oh. know. I don't get a lot juicy of the mail. Juicy fruit. Yeah. It's juicy and fruity. No, no, that's a conflict because oh. we have dentine. Fuck Hey, hey screw you, juicy oh, fruit. Yeah. You're in dentine land, assholes. <laughs> how dare you? Um, also, bananas. Oh, how about those things, huh, guys? Uh-huh. Gotta peel them? Yeah. And there's only uh, one kind, and they could go extinct. Get them while they're hot. Uh, almonds. No, wait, we don't like almonds. No. Pistachios no we don't like. No, no nuts. This oh, is hard. It's not easy. No wonder why there aren't that many podcasts. You'll see. You see the experience before you. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm done talking about that. Do you think it is possible to go through? So I remember um, in like the midst of 20, 2016, I heard some talk. Dave just like chattering about he would get some shitty emails about like, oh, you're being unfair to Trump or you're too liberal or do you think it's possible to listen to the back catalog of the dollop and still come out with like a conservative mindset? I think you could... Well, we still have conservative listeners. We definitely do. We, we meet some of them, and, they're, and they might be now a little more on the... They might uh, identify more as uh, libertarians. Oh, so white dudes. Uh, white, white, white people. Yes. Uh, and um, in Texas. And, uh, <laughs> but 
I think it is. I think, you know, the truth is that right now it's still such a tense, tender time mm-hmm. uh, with him and people who support him and people who despise him uh, that I think that, yeah, I think we're we're all at the point now where it's like you view if the person supports or doesn't support him less as a political opinion and more as like a character issue, mm, mm-hmm. you know? So either side now looks at the other person as a, as a lunatic. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that we go through that, even though we both definitely thought he probably would win or had a great shot at winning. You both thought that? Yeah, we both had a feeling that it just because... Dave probably for more realistic reasons, but I because I was just like, you cannot put... When options like that are out there, we, in my lifetime, have always gone for them, uh, the bad choice. Um, But I think that, yeah, I definitely think our politics come across in the show as we're going through that. I think they probably are a little less now because we've just kind of been lulled into submission about it. Do you think anybody could hold up under the scrutiny of a Dave Anthony. Like, if you did... Like, do you think there are many people who would come out looking good if they got... They got a... Because, to be fair, like, you have done more conservative figures of late, but uh, Diane Feinstein was somebody y'all did, and she did not come off great. Um, Do you think it is just a matter of if you look at anybody that closely, you're going to find all their garbage? I think that... I guess, is it just the kind of person that goes into politics is also the kind of, like, I think there's sociopath? Something, there's I something guess. very special about politicians. Yeah. There's something that... There is a screw that is loose. And the mind of most, I would say, outside of this last election, most people who run for elected office, <laughs> I mean, at least who get elected to high office, they're crazy. Yeah. Well, there has to be a sense of narcissism that, like, you look at the world, the country, and you're like, I can do this. It's its its, its own form of entertainment. It is, it's a different... A different occupation, but a similar itch to scratch. It's these people who have egos. They like seeing mm-hmm. their faces everywhere. They like when balloons drop for them. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think Dave would probably eviscerate most people that tried to debate him. Yes. But there are people who are very uh, savvy debaters, uh-huh. so I could see it going either way there. But he knows his shit. I mean, he really sees the forest through the trees on a lot of the BS that's out there. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I've, I've gotten into arguments with him and he's, yeah, he's, didn't he's, he yell at an Uber driver once or something? Well, we had, a an Uber driver, I think a Lyft driver actually, uh, who was playing, I can't remember who it was, but very conservative talk show host. Oh no. And so I right away was like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> And Dave bit his tongue for probably like four minutes and then just brought up that the he, Dave was just like, what this guy is saying is total horseshit. And the guy was like, what? And then <laughs> and they just went at it. And Dave went crazy on the guy. Um, and as we were as we were driving by, I was filming Dave yelling at this guy, obviously. And I zoomed in on a sign that said caution blind person as we were driving by. It timed out really well. But uh, but yeah, I mean. You know, I, there's there's a lot of people who are extremely misinformed right now. Mm-hmm. So I think he has no problem trying to correct them. And I think the truth is, if you abandon the kind of democratic platform, like quote unquote democratic platform, uh-huh. it's harder for people to undercut you. Because if you're like, I don't support them either, right. 
Right. You're like, I'm saying this whole establishment is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that helps your argument because then you're saying, I'm not mincing words because the truth is when you get outside of, if you were to say to people, uh, Trump or Hillary, uh-huh. w- do you think those were the best two people? Most people would say those were not the best two people right. as two people. Right. You know, so, um, but yes, Dave's a monster. I genuinely, like, I feel like I've had this conversation. My brother is it also, he, will you say hi to Kevin for me? Hey, Kevbo. What's up, baby girl? <laughs> uh, we've literally had the conversation of like, I would get a beer with with Gareth. I would not get a beer with Dave. He terrifies me in a fundamental way. Well, he's also a very chill dude. I mean, he really Are is. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. He, he is definitely a, he's a good hang, chill guy. Do you see this face? This is in, yeah, incredulity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I get you. Uh, no, but he is. He's, he's a fucking goofball. I mean, he really is. He's like, yeah, he's goofing off as much as I am as far as just, because it's just him and I. Yeah, no, so I mean, like he's spend extremely a lot of time. funny. I don't want to discount. He's extremely funny. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a dumbass, too. He's like an idiot. He's, he's also like a guy, like, he bangs his suitcase into my suitcase the whole time we travel together, and it just is obnoxious. <laughs> and people around us are like, are they fighting? And it's just like a terrible vibe, <laughs> and it happens every time we travel, the whole time, basically. And he does always take video of you sleeping on planes. Yeah, and he always films me sleeping Which on planes. Which is... Funny 100% of the time. Yeah, People not for me. <laughs> not for me, because I never. he never says, I gotcha. It <laughs> just shows up. Yeah, I just like an hour later, someone will be like, ah, he's adorable at this age. And I'm like, wait, what's what, who quoted that on what? And I'll get on it, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. He's like, what? What? <laughs> Do you think there could be a, a conservative version of the dollop? Because a thing that I, a thing that I've kind of noticed of late is that liberals and say what you will of us as a monolith we can be idiots for sure but we can poke fun at ourselves in a way that i feel like conservatives can't do but like i feel like i have made the joke like i am being peak white person i'm being peak liberal person like i drove 20 minutes out of my way so i could go to a michael's instead of a hobby lobby like hashtag peak liberal i feel like i don't see that like i feel like there's no sense of irony among conservatives. There's like the AK-47 girl in a bathing suit. And I'm like, are you? is this self-parody? I don't think it is. You seem very earnest. Well, they're definitely different senses of humor. Uh, I think <laughs> they, I think conservatives find, I, and again, I mean, there, there are different kinds of conservatives. Sure. I think there are definitely, like I've, you know, with traveling, doing stand-up, I mean, I've gone on the road and, you know, I've had, conservatives come up to me at the end of stuff and be very complimentary, uh-huh. you know. Um, I've also totally felt <laughs> alienating them <laughs> while I'm up on stage and never heard from them again. But, um, I, you know, I think conservatives find, you know, not too different from liberal, liberals in some way. They find humor in people who are similarly like-minded. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it's just a different set of humor. But, I mean, like, when I watch, um, I mean, I... I'm sure there are other like like Ron White. I think Ron White is oh, like yeah. a funny comedian. Yeah, you know, and he is like certainly got more of a conservative base, and uh-huh. people who probably are more conservative like him. But Ron White is genuinely funny. Yeah, so but there it's are not... certain people who I think. Um, yeah. yeah, but I to me, seen... I like people who like tell me what they think uh-huh. and like tell me what is wrong with the world. Uh-huh. You know, like I will take Bill Hicks over. Any comedian, sure. Uh, every time, you know. Yeah. Um. So a uh, 
I've recommended your podcast to my dozen of What's listeners. What's up, Kevin? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I went, the first time y'all came to Kevin Chicago. Kevin loves dentine. Dentine gum, the only gum Kevin will chew. The whitest teeth in the Blumke family. The Everyone says that about him. The whitest teeth. And a white teeth supremacist. He just had... <laughs> He just had hip surgery. He's 35. Whoa, what's going on? He crossfitted too hard, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I don't know Kevin, why I brought that up. Put yeah. the kettlebell down, baby. <laughs> um, oh, we the first time we saw y'all in um, Chicago, which was a year and a half ago or something like that, a bunch of us went out to a bar later, and I had gotten my brother, because I, I was like, Kevin, you need to listen to The Rube. It's going to change your life, and which is genuinely maybe my favorite episode of any podcast. It is the fucking funniest thing I have ever heard. Like, <laughs> the Rube is about this guy who is a baseball player and an idiot. It's really yeah. it. Yep. And a genius at baseball and literally nothing else. Yeah. Yes. I really liked that he sent... A savant. <laughs> I really like that when he sent his outfield... Or sent his defense team into the dugout. I was like, I got this. Yeah. I'm pitching. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Anyway, there was like... like a toddler. <laughs> And he got distracted by puppies. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. So good. Yeah. Uh, that's like episode four, too. That's it's early. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Anyway, there's like 12 of us, and I realized like I'd gotten my brother into it, and he got all of his friends into the doll. There's like my Kevin. 14 of us that went, and I was really trying to take credit for getting them all into the podcast. But, but it's Kevin. Well, he is the charismatic leader, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm the brain. Can he still turn people onto the show with the hip? Um, he. Or is that to turn too much? I see what you did there. Uh-huh. A turn pun? Uh-huh. That's good. That's right. That's very good. Um, why was I talking about my brother again? You just were like, he's got these great hips, but <laughs> he broke one of them because he's obsessed with his body yeah, and his form. I guess. He's um, like Shakira. I remember now. Thank you for, for vamping while I hey. thought of words. Um but anyway, so listeners of this podcast, I often will recommend the dollop too because I feel like it's a, a similar bent. Because we do generally when we don't do interviews, it's like just digesting the news of the week as sure. it relates to you know you're a huge listener, huge fan. I this is the only show I run to, yeah, and speedwalk to. <laughs> it's my own. This is my speedwalk show. Wow, yeah. thank you. Do you have ankle weights or just is that not too much? not now because I'm getting close to an event, oh, uh-huh, so I uh-huh. take them off now to see what that training well, has sort want, of done. You don't want bulky muscles. You want Long lean. Well, the whole thing, you want stilted bones with speed walking is what you're really after. Actually, Kevin <laughs> would love it because yeah. of his uh, sore hip. Yeah, well, you know, one you leg's shorter stiff. than the other now, so he's kind of a... Knees are your enemies. Sure. And a knees, we call them. Uh, and because you can't bend them in any way, so the whole thing, it's really, uh-huh. it's a lot of like, picture like the He-Man toys uh-huh. in the 80s. It's that level of motion. Gotcha. It's just like someone squeezing your legs a little and your arms can move. And you, you hobble? You hobble, yeah. It's a hobbling. It's a, a move. It's a fast moved hobble. <laughs> what was I talking about? Um, you were talking about uh, oh my podcast, which your is your podcast, favorite. My favorite podcast. Your favorite podcast, podcast Thank you. which is called the podcast is that you're called, on right now. Uh, your uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> the friendly atheist. Friendly atheist. Yeah, sure. Right. Tip of your tongue. It was. Well, you should have just checked your tattoo. Your friendly atheist tattoo. <laughs> well, it's on my ass. So oh, I can't. God, that would have uh, been really awkward. Uh, 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 <laughs> and we, we normally do. <laughs> How dare you? Rude. I'm rude. You're on my podcast. You don't know what the show is called. That's not rude. <laughs> I knew it too. 
This is what I, this is why I can't have a relationship because there, it's all <laughs> because that sort of stuff. People keep telling you you're wrong when no, you're because wrong. Because people will they'd be like, "What was the name of that shoe I got?" And I'm like, "Uh, what?" It's like the one I told you eight times. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's constant test." Oh, ball and chain, add yeah, it again. Yeah. Uh, What's my, my name? Life, please. Yeah, here we go. What's my mom's name? What's my name? name? Oh my god, I can't do these hoops. <sighs> Um, anyway, so we do like a news digest thing from a from a lens of religion, LGBT, like in kind of everything that touches. So like LGBTQ rights, feminism, sure. all that stuff. Um, so when I tell people that they, when I tell listeners they should listen, um, I usually say the second I think second or third is the um, the charity bowl, not char- uh, purity bowls uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, just start there. You'll get it. You'll sort of get what they're doing. And I feel like from that, that sort of set of, there's a lot of religion and cult bullshit that, that happens in in U.S. history. Is there any trend you've noticed aside from just like sociopathic men who need to control people? Like, do you see religion used as a tool throughout history to manipulate smaller, large groups? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you have any, anything stand out? Um, I mean, there's so many, I, you know, the truth, well, the, I mean, you know, there's no murder has been committed in the name of religion more than anything else. Uh-huh. So, and the beauty of religion is that it takes the absurd and legitimizes it mm-hmm. because it's faith or, you know, however it's, uh, sold to someone. So when you have that, you, the manipulation can take place on a scale that is so much crazier mm-hmm. because you've been told by a deity to yeah. do these things. And this is scripture. This is something that's, you know, been uh, predetermined. It's or, not, I don't want this. Yeah, it's not me. Wacky God up there <laughs> needs you to kill your brother. Um, you know, so, I mean, uh, the, the truth is that even outside of religion, our show has a lot of crazy white dudes who lie their way all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And and that happens with religion, and that also happens with medicine. I mean, in, in, yeah. the, in some of the dollops where, you know, it's like cures are, you know, some, I mean, it, it astounds you sometimes the level of lying that people will go to and feel okay because they make money. And you that's when you yeah. think of our government now, you're like, they couldn't be that horrible. They are. They are that for sale. I uh, one of my favorite like intellectual exercises is somebody like um, say the head of the Mormon Church who said, or the Pope, or somebody who says like, God is speaking to me. Yeah. And I am dying of curiosity. Like, if there's one question I would want answered is, is that guy psychotic and hearing voices, or is he straight up and down lying? Well, <clears throat> what do you and think? And I want is? you to answer me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like when you, when you hear about people who try um who's the guy who invented like Wheaties and it was supposed to stop people from masturbating? Oh, uh, a Kellogg. Yeah. yeah, the Kellogg's. Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Cornflakes. Corn, yeah. Like he was just saying shit and I just don't know if he really believes it or not, and further, which is worse? Well, when you see a preacher on the telly, a which, televangelist, what what, what, telly, you, what people in Wisconsin say? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what do you what do you what what do you think? Do you think that they believe it, or do you think that they are corrupted, or do you think it's a combination? I mean, it has to be a combination. Yeah, that's what be- I think it is. Because especially when you see the people who are talking, who the um, Hammett usually corrects me when I can't think the right word. The not fortune, but anyway, the people who say like, "Give me a dollar and it sows the seeds, and you'll get a million dollars back," and they then turn around and buy like a fucking jet, jet or whatever. I just, I, j- I think there's something in me that cannot believe somebody can be that evil and that abusive of people who genuinely look up to them. But I think that's just my own naivete. Yeah, I think, well, I think it happens slowly. I think mm. just like anything else, like anyone who works in the oil business. Yeah. You know, like there's a, there's a, a morality issue there now. Yeah. You know, but you're around people who are also culpable. And so you sort of convince yourself that you're a necessary evil mm-hmm. or that you're uh, so valuable that you are allowed to manipulate reality because of the meaning you give to people. Mm-hmm. And I think within that as well, you are. You are trying to make as much money as possible. Yeah. So. And I think also when we're talking like oil industry people, there is an element of, well, now people depend on me. Not just my family, but I'm hiring Well, and you're also going to hear, you're also gonna hear biased statistics, yeah. which is what religion is. So you're going to hear yeah. someone who's saying, you know, in, it's almost like every every prop, you know, pr- when it's prop voting season, they mm. misinform people on props very easily. And it's so easy to do, and, and nobody the, thinks they're vulnerable to and it. And the way they do it every time mm-hmm. is that they just tell you the counter is going to cost you money. So you've got Prop 10. Uh-huh. Prop 10, you know, is going to make it so that uh, uh, actually uh, chickens are able to actually roam outside when it says free range, whatever. Mm-hmm. Prop 10, anti-Prop 10, mom in the grocery store. Well, it's going to cost me more money on my taxes. Well, everything costs fucking tax money. Right. You know, so I think uh, that that's essentially what they do. They they tell you that the they convince you mm-hmm. that the alternative is crazy and bananas, and they convince themselves that in order to, um, you know, if they were to be honest with people and say, oh yeah, I don't talk to God, mm-hmm. they would be taking away value that some people have religion from, that. and they're going to make money while they do it. It's just, and I think that's how people in government are too. Mm-hmm. People in government are like, well, we can only help so much. You know, we've got to, you got to get your, you got to cover your back, you mm-hmm. know, because you get paid shit being a congresswoman. So you don't get paid shit. So since they don't pay for your uh, housing, you know, you need to make a little money to, I mean, I mean, and I'm not even like, I'm not saying that it's crazy. Our system is fucked. Our system yeah. fucks these people who don't make a ton of money yeah. and doesn't help them with housing and stuff. So you can see the slippery slope someone goes on where they say, all right, I'm going to take $10,000 and it's just for rent. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're for sale. Yeah. And once you're for sale, it's hard to undo that because well, you get addicted to power and money. And I, I saw an interesting take when um, when Trump was like, I'm going to waive my $200,000 salary or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or Congress people saying the same. And somebody made a really good point of like, that's a bullshit thing to do because that is then encouraged. That's now setting a purity test of if you take money for doing your job, you're whatever, corrupt, yeah. greedy. Yeah. You're only doing it for the money, which like whatever. And that also means that like somebody like me 
if I wanted to run for government, I couldn't say like, oh, I don't, I don't need the money. I'm doing it because I believe in the power yeah. of the people. And that means people like me could never run for, there's many reasons I couldn't run for office, but I don't, I'm not in the financial status to run yeah, it's, it's, for government. Yeah. And so we have an oligarchy and here we are. <laughs> wow, that was so fun. I really like ending on a down note. Hey, <laughs> Dentine, the only gum that'll pick you up when you're down. Dentine with Prozac. I would buy that. Yep. How do you on Prozac, though? Sounds like someone is strangling a baby chicken. I mean, maybe. And this place. is a very shady hotel. I like it. It's nice. I, I walked in. This is the... Would you describe this setup that I'm living on right now? Oh, the thing that you're on right yeah. now? It looks like Freud, if, if Sigmund Freud only saw patients under four feet. <laughs> it's like a tiny fainting couch. Yeah. And I walked in, so I... Um, my husband, And it's set in a very, like... Like, what is Nobody would ever sit there. What is the <laughs> use like, of this? It's, it's, it's what a hospital provides a griever. Right. <laughs> God, yeah. yes. But I walked in and I was like super stoked because I stayed at the Sheraton last time I was here and there was like a desk uh-huh. with chairs. Sure. Like humans use. But and have you? do you use, besides a podcast, would you ever use the desk? I think they have to assume anybody who's in Southern California is recording a podcast. That's it's true. just statistically fair. likely. Fair. Fair. I mean, people work in their hotel room probably. Yeah, but at the desk? Who, what are you, like, writing the Constitution over there? <laughs> well, you need a laptop. You need okay, a quill? Okay, I need you to understand that people have jobs that require desks. I know, but I work. I have to work on a computer all the time. But I, I couldn't work on my lap, though. I do. I lay in the bed and work. Yeah, but you write comedy. Like, but you it's still work. I'm still, like, posture-wise. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not implying that co- writing comedy isn't work. I am saying that, like, when I'm working, I need, like, <laughs> charts to look at and things to refer to so i need to have like that can't be that can't be done on the space of a bed more space on the bed than your desk you can't get your pie charts out on the bed a little bit is this the hill you're gonna die on what is this the hill you're gonna die on is people don't need desks are you on an anti-desk crusade standing desks have had a huge year fucking no fuck that shit hold on oh i'm going one step further Uh uh-huh lay down desks (laughs) Now would which I'm leads me to the ultimate upside downsies desks, <laughs> which is where people work upside down. Now I need to go back. Line down desk. Uh huh. Is it somehow? Is it in, like above my head, or is it now? It is perpendicular. It's now above your head. It wasn't before, but now it is. Now it's all above your head. So now <laughs> it's a lot of magnets. Uh huh. It's a whole thing. I'm kind of into that now. Yeah. Well, well you you're gonna right love upside downsy desks. They're insane. <laughs> Sounds. Wild. It's really hard to adjust to. Great for the core, though. Really good for the core. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fucking, it's a dumb podcast. I'm sorry you came here for this How dumb... How dare you? No, you're not dumb. Oh, this okay. hotel room and podcast are dumb. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, but anyway, my point is, I came in here... This would be fine if it was just my husband traveling, but there's two drawers in here, and so we've just hidden everything away because humans are coming into this you room. You are pretty unpacked. That's pretty good. Yeah, I brought... I've started doing that on my week on like stand up weekends. I'll unpack. I find it very gratifying to unpack. I like taking that half hour when you get there, uh-huh. establish yourself. Because otherwise, my suitcase just explodes. Yeah, and it just when takes we, up three quarters. When we of go room. on longer tours, there's no option other than right. living in the case, and it just becomes this whole pit of like, what's clean, what's working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, damn it! I uh, don't want to brag. I lived in a hostel in London for five months, Hello. and it was a 
it was like the size of this kind of bedroom area. Mm-hmm. And there was, it was basically, there was like one wardrobe where you could hang things. So I just had an area on the ground where I just had like that makes folded sense. things. It I was a nightmare. It was sense. such a mess all the time. You got your little front couch now. Yeah. Some stuff this is there. where I live now. Yeah. It's your home. I can move in. Anyway, um, uh, Garris, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, you can uh, find my stand updates at garethreynolds.com. The uh-huh. dollop uh, has a website, dollopodcast.com. There's a tour schedule there. We will be in uh, Phoenix and Los Angeles uh, the weekend of the 18th and 19th. Phoenix, Phoenix and Los Angeles. That's right. Interesting. Yep. Are you excited about Phoenix? No. <laughs> What's the worst place <laughs> to go do comedy? Honest to God, th- this last weekend, I was, and I, I'm not, I don't want people to be upset if anyone lives here. But I was in Syracuse, and it was a very weird little experience. Why? Uh, there was a was lot of... Was it, like, college-based, or was it just the city? I, I think, no, I think there were not a lot of college kids there right now. I oh, think they're still on, like, break. Um, but uh, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to explain. It was a mixed bag. I had one of my favorite sets I've ever had, and then I had one of my least favorite shows ever. <laughs> I mean, like... People who came to see me were like, ah, sorry about that. I was like, man, it's just brutal. Okay, I opened, um, when I was doing stand-up more, I (laughs) opened for my buddy who's a mentalist. Nice. Um, You know I hate to brag on this podcast, but I do have a friend who's a mentalist. (laughs) And um, I opened for his show. There were 12 people in the audience. Uh I bombed in such an epic way, and there were so few people I could see all their faces. Yeah. And then I sat in the back of the theater and watched his show and drank a box of wine. Like, you know, yeah. those. Yeah, <laughs> obviously I know what you're and, <laughs> and as they were leaving, a woman put her hand on my shoulder and goes, comedy's hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I you know, over the years I've had, obviously, many experiences where I've felt like I couldn't get lower and found a way. <laughs> Uh, but but this weekend was just one of those. It was a it was a weird town, and Syracuse was fucking weird. I was like walking around trying to find things, and there was nothing. Find I mean, and normally like like stores, restaurants, oh. whatever, name it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was not uh, and you easy. And you couldn't drink. And I couldn't drink. Yeah, so you're just wandering my dry, around. My dry January, yeah, soberly <laughs> wandering around Syracuse looking for like juice. Oh, yeah, and amazing. it's cold. I don't mind the weather. Everything uh, you're I, from Wisconsin. climate wise was great. Yeah. But every other part of it, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Wow. I had almost landed that plane and took back off. Take um, it, Sully. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Bye.